This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. Dangerous Assignment was an NBC radio drama starring Brian Donlevy and broadcast in the U.S. from 1949 through to 1953. The commissioner sent U.S. Special Agent Steve Mitchell to exotic locales all over the world where he would encounter adventure and international intrigue in pursuit of some secret. Each show would always open with a brief teaser scene from the episode to follow, and after the intro, Steve Mitchell would be summoned to the office of the commissioner, the regional head of an unnamed U.S. State Department agency, created simply to address international unrest as it affected U.S. interests. Well, the commissioner would give background information, explain the current situation, and then tell Steve his assignment. Steve's cover story, well, in almost all of his adventures, was that he was a suave, debonair foreign correspondent for an unnamed print publication. His assignments invariably involved deceit, trickery, and violence, all tied together with a successful revolution, that is, resolution, by the end of the episode. And reportedly, star Brian Donlevy himself was the one who brought the show to NBC. And tonight's episode is entitled... Stolen Supplies. Baghdad. Marjorie. Singapore. At all the places of the world where danger and intrigue walk hand in hand, there you will find Steve Mitchell on another dangerous assignment. National Broadcasting Company presents the first in an exciting new adventure series, Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell. Steve. Hmm. You're going to run this pretty little boat right onto the rocks if you don't put your hands on the wheel. Uh-uh. Automatic pilot. W5WRS oh. <laughs> calling W2B. I should have known you'd have one of those on your boat. <laughs> so help me. First time in my life I've ever used it, Evelyn. Eloise. Hello, sure, sure. Mm. W5WRS calling W2BYR. Steve. Mm. Why don't you turn that radio off? Hmm? I never should have turned it on. What's all that W stuff? Who's that silly woman trying to get, anyway? W5WRS calling W2BYR. That's the ship-to-shore operator. (laughs) Brother, you know them all. What does she want with you? I'm afraid I know. (laughs) Well, I guess I better answer before they send the Coast Guard. W5WRS from W2BYR. Go ahead. Stand by, W2BYR. I have a call for you. Go ahead. This is Ruth, Steve. The commissioner wants to see you right away. Over. Now look, Ruth. I said only call me in an emergency. Over. The commissioner says this is an emergency. Over. But I'm in the middle of a big deal, Ruth. I'm tied up. Over. Just a minute, Steve. He says untie her and get into the office. But tell him... Oh, okay. I'll come back. Out. 
Eloise, I'm afraid And you... for this, I broke another day. Now, look, Eloise, I'm sorry. So what do I do? I go out and buy a new sunsuit. And I... it's a very nice sunsuit. I even fry some chicken for the first time in my life. I fry some chicken. But this probably won't take long. And what am I supposed to do in the meantime? And what am I going to do with all that fried chicken? Uh, well, keep it on ice for me, huh? Hello, Commissioner. Steve, I trust you concluded your big deal satisfactorily. Uh, <coughs> well, I... Uh-huh. <laughs> Steve, ever hear of the Throp Foundation? Throp Foundation? Sure. That's the private charity that's been sending a lot of relief shipments to Europe. Right. You've done quite a job over there. Tons of food and medical supplies. Yeah, that's the outfit. What about them? Their last three shipments to Sicily have been stolen. Oh? Uh, You mean off the boat? No, from the foundation's warehouse in Messina, Sicily. I see. We've been instructed to get to the bottom of it. As usual, you'll pose as a foreign correspondent. Ruth has your credentials in order. Okay. On the surface, your assignment will be to write a story about the stolen shipments. Actually, I want you to find out who's been stealing those shipments. And to be frank, Steve, I'm sending you into a pretty nasty situation over there. What do you mean? The Throp Foundation has had two men working on this case. One of them has been missing for two weeks. What about the other one? Oh, they found him all right. His throat had been cut. Well... That's reassuring. We're sending you because we think you can take care of yourself and handle the danger. When do you want me to leave? Good. As soon as possible. Now, if you need help or information once you get to Sicily, contact Emilio Donati in Messina. Who's Emilio Donati? He runs a bar in Messina. We think he's a friend of ours. Okay. There's just uh, one more thing I should warn you about, Steve. You know, you're making this assignment sound real attractive, Commissioner. What is it? I guess you've heard of the Sicilian bandit they call Lorenzo. Yeah, who hasn't? He's got the whole countryside terrorized. Steve, I don't know whether he has anything to do with all this or not, but if he has, you know, watch yourself. Yep. Looks like I got a real honey this time. You did, but it's vital to us that those relief shipments get through. Trouble usually starts from empty stomachs. Yeah. That's all. You've got your assignment, Steve. Your plane leaves in two hours. Good luck. Eduardo, this is Dino speaking. The American just landed. See, report it to the chief at once. Senor, taxi, eh? You want a taxi, senor? Yeah. Hey, uh, look, driver, you know your way around Messina pretty well, huh? <laughs> sure. I live here most of my life, senor. At the age of three, I was brought here from Palermo. So I know every house, every street, every building, every bar. Yeah, every yeah, place. yeah. Okay, so you know your city. Now, take me to the Throp Foundation Warehouse. Again? Throp Foundation Warehouse. You know where it is? Throp? No, no. Throp. It's a... Ah, well, never mind. Just take me to the Rienzi Hotel. I'm sure you must have heard of that. Why, <laughs> sure. I'm going to put your baggage in the car, senor. Hello. <clears throat> Sorry I'm late. Hmm? <laughs> You're not late. You're just in time. I heard you inquiring for the Throp Foundation, so you must be Ralph Gillette. I'm Helen Collier. I was supposed to meet you here at the airport, and I... Hey, look, I'm afraid there's been a mistake. My name's not Gillette. It's Mitchell. Steve Mitchell. Oh, oh, I I thought you were the one I was supposed to meet. I'm sorry. <laughs> Believe me, I'm sorry, too. Couldn't we just pretend I was? I'm afraid Mr. Archer wouldn't understand. Already I don't like Mr. Archer. Don't even know him. Who is he? My boss. He's in charge of the Foundation's office here in Messina. Oh, wait a minute. You worked for the Frapp Foundation? Mm-hmm. Mr. Archer's been expecting a new man to fly down from Rome, uh, Mr. Gillette. I thought you were he. Oh, I wonder if you'd tell me where the foundation office is. I'm a foreign correspondent, and I'd like an interview with your boss. Oh, well, I could go with you and show you where it is, because it doesn't look like Mr. Gillette is on the plane anyway. Fine. I have a cab over here. You say you're a foreign correspondent. I suppose you want to do a story on the stolen relief shipments. Yep. Well, good luck. Mr. Archer doesn't want any publicity about it. It will have an adverse effect on donations from the States. Oh, well, here we are. Uh, 
pardon us, gentlemen. Uh, si, senor. Eduardo, out of the man's way. Of course, your pardon, senor. Well, I'll see if I can get some kind of a statement from him. Are there just the two of you in the Messina office? Yes, right now. There were three of us. Paul Wainwright was the third, but he... Well, he got fired a few days ago. At the Hotel Rienzi, no? No. Trop Foundation. Tropa? Tropa? Oh, Via Delgada. Oh, si, senorina. Hey, you must have the magic touch. Uh, this Paul Wainwright, he was fired by Mr. Archer? Yes, three days ago. Senor, you ready, huh? See. Si. <laughs> Did you hear what the senorina told the driver? Si, Eduardo. Via Delgante. That is the address of the Throp Foundation. I will report it. You follow the American. Mr. Mitchell, you must understand my position. It's not that I don't want to cooperate with you and your press association, but at the same... The uh, stolen shipments are news, Mr. Archer, and news is my job. Well, I know all that, but just stop and think what's going to happen if the news spreads around back in the States. Our donations would probably stop coming in. We think it's vital that these shipments continue. I see. Well, in that case, could you give me an off-the-record statement about it? Hmm, I might, if I were sure it would be treated as such. I'll make a deal with you. We won't break the story unless or until the thieves are rounded up. Hmm. Well, all right. I guess that's fair enough. There have been three shipments stolen, right? Yes, from our warehouse. It's right downstairs. Yes, I noticed it as I came up. Did you have anyone guarding the shipments? Of course. We kept doubling the guard, but each time they were overpowered. Sounds like the thieves have a pretty large outfit. Yes, apparently they do. I suppose you've heard of the bandit they call Lorenzo. Oh, certainly. Everybody in Sicily's heard of him. He's got the whole country terrorized. He's supposed to have a hideout up in the mountains. I know what you're thinking, Mr. Mitchell. That Lorenzo's men could have stolen the shipments. I thought of that right away myself. Well, it's possible, isn't it? Yes, it's possible. Personally, I don't think Lorenzo had anything to do with it. With Lorenzo's reputation what it is, it would be relatively easy for someone else to make it look as if Lorenzo had done it. That's an interesting thought. Incidentally, you fired one of your men a few days ago, didn't you? Paul Wainwright? That is something that I'd rather not discuss. Oh? Because I don't want to persecute the man just because some of his actions appeared vaguely suspicious to me. I, uh, I have no proof of anything at all. I see. Well, thanks for the information. I'll see you later. You wish a favor, senor? Hmm? Oh, yeah. Great. Right here. Hmm. Thanks. I am Carlotta. What will you have? Beer. But it is after dark. It's time to drink wine. <laughs> Emily Post may not like it, but I still want beer. Anything you wish. I will bring it. <laughs> Look, uh, is the boss in, Carlotta? Emilio Tomati. See, he's here. Why? I like the scenery. I might set up a charge account. Where is he? The fat one. Over at the bar. I will tell him to come over. No, no, no. Never mind. I'll go over there. Si, si. I'm coming. Emilio Donati? Eh? So I'm called, senor. I uh, told a friend of mine in the States I'd say hello to you. So? I know many people in the States, senor. I'm pretty sure you'll know my friend, the commissioner. Commission? Yeah. I think you're expecting me. I'm Steve Mitchell. A name can be used by anyone, senor. Here. You recognize the handwriting? Ah, see. Si. You are Steve Mitchell. Mm -hmm. Well, how can I help? I'm working on the theft of the relief shipments. Yeah, I thought that would be it. Oh, that's a very bad thing, Steve. There are so many people are hungry here in Sicily. Yeah. Uh, look, a fellow named Paul Wainwright was fired from the Trapp Foundation a few days ago, and Archer acts like he thinks Wainwright's involved in the theft. Paul Wainwright, I know who he is. I'd like to talk to him. Can you arrange it? See, si. 
In an hour or two, I will send the word for him to come to the back room of my bar off the alley. We can talk to him there. Quarter after 11. Wainwright ought to be showing up pretty soon, hadn't he? See, si. He should have been here by now, Steve. There's another lead I want to run down to, Emilio. Hmm? You have any idea where the bandit Lorenzo's headquarters are? Oh, si. In the mountains to the west over here. Think you could furnish me a guide? A, a guide? Yeah. Just to get me into the general area. After that, I'll go it alone and do a little reconnoitering undercover. Steve, you must not try a thing like that. Look. It's the quickest way of proving whether Lorenzo's involved in these thefts or not. If he is, he's probably got a lot of the supplies hidden away in those mountains. But his men would capture you. He has lookouts all over the mountains. Well, just last month, an entire division went up there and... Sure, they... sure, that's the point. There were so many Lorenzo's men spotted them easy. But one man alone in the brush could be hard to find. Must be. Lorenzo has a small army of cutthroats up there. They are fanatically loyal to him. Can you get me a guide? But look, the danger. You must realize the danger. Yeah, yeah. Lorenzo isn't stupid enough to kill an American correspondent. Ah, that must be Paul Wainwright. Oh, come in, uh, Senor Wainwright. No, thanks. Look, Donati, and you too, whatever your name is. There's a waste of time. We've got nothing to talk about. Oh, Wainwright. Knife uh, in the back. Emilio, get out of the light. Get down. Yeah. Someone's running down the alley. Don't follow him, Steve. Huh? It may be a trap. There may be others waiting in the dark. Yeah, I guess you're right. Wainwright. See, he's a dead, Steve. Now perhaps you realize that there's a real danger here for you. They know you are not a correspondent. You still wish a guide? I'll be waiting in room 23, Rienze Hotel. All right. I will send a man over. <laughs> Senor Mitchell? Yeah, who are you? Casella. Casella? That's supposed to mean something to me? Emilio Donati sent me to you. Oh, oh, you're the guide. Si, senor. I am to conduct you to the mountain where Lorenzo and his band are hiding. Oh, Emilio didn't lose any time, did he? It was thought best to travel at night, so that we may be in the mountains before the sun comes up. Yeah, I guess that would be best. We will drive to the foot of the mountains by car. Then we'll use horses on the trails. It is all arranged. Good. When do you want to start? As soon as possible. Okay, let's go. Hey, pretty narrow trail up here, Casella. Uh, si, senor. About time for sunrise, isn't it? But a few more minutes and it will be light. Hmm. You say, you think Lorenzo's hiding out somewhere on that mountain up there ahead of us? See, si, uh, that is what I have heard. Okay, let's stop here a minute. I'll go it alone from here, Casella. There's no point in your going any farther. Thanks very much. Si, senor. You're right. There is no point in going any farther. Put your hands in front of you. What? Do as I say, senor. I am going to tie your hands. Look, what is this anyway? Hey, wait a minute. You're one of Lorenzo's men. So true, senor. It will do you no good to resist. Do not try to escape. There's a man blocking your trail. See? He has a gun. Okay, I'll try it through you. Stop! Come on! Stop! I'm coming through! Eduardo, quick! Come and help me! Eduardo, help! Okay, Casella. That's for the double cross, Bob. Senor, I have a gun! I said, stop! Uh, okay. Looks like you win. Good. Now I tell you. Hold your hands up. Okay. Here's one of them. Oh, all right, Senor. I will use the gun. This way. <laughs> So, Senor Mitchell. Casella, are you all right? See, si, I think so. Except my nose. It is bleeding. Fool, you deserve it. Come, we'll take the American to Lorenzo. He's coming to Eduardo. Hotel Lorenzo. See? Si. Oh. oh. Casella. See, si, Casella. This is for the bloody nose you gave me, senor. Well, 
Thanks. Looks like I got taken for the well-known ride. I thought Emilio Donato was a friend. <laughs> Sometimes it is difficult to know who your friends are. You're so right. Uh, here, here is Lorenzo now. Well, Senor Mitchell, you're feeling better now, huh? Not much. <laughs> Welcome to my camp. Thanks. So you're Lorenzo. See, si, I have that honor. Honor? Of course. Hmm. Where are we? Walk with me and I will show you. As you see, you're on top of a mountain. This is my headquarters. Hey, you can see a hundred miles from here. See, this is why I choose this place. But where are the guards? Guards? <laughs> you are not my prisoner, you are my guest. But see, below us, my men are camped there. Is it not a reassuring sight? Hey, that looks like a small army. One hundred and twenty patriots. Patriots, you call them? Of course, they serve Lorenzo. Got a pretty good opinion of yourself, huh? <laughs> I am one of the most brilliant men I have ever met. Really? <laughs> you know, you don't talk like you've spent your whole life in these mountains. Oh, I have, as you say, been around. I attended a university in Italy for two years. But you came back to this. How come? A sense of duty, senor. I rub the rich and give to the poor. Yeah? That sounds pretty, Lorenzo. But are you sure it's not just because you're a thief at heart? <laughs> you are shrewd, senor. Well, why not? From my experience in the world, I have learned that one must look out for oneself. Oh? Consider the recent war. Nobody won it. Consider the peace. Again, nobody wins it. Everyone quarrels and fights. Now, is it not much more clever to take what one wants, to be concerned only with oneself? You know, your kind of thinking isn't helping things any. Perhaps not, but it is profitable to me. Uh, Senor, this conversation is pleasant, but I still do not understand why you were so anxious to spy on my camp. No? You ever hear of the Throp Foundation? No. What is it, Senor? A relief outfit that's been shipping food and medical supplies here to Sicily. Oh? Does this concern me? That's what I'm wondering. At least three shipments have been stolen from a warehouse in Messina. <laughs> and of course you think that I stole them. It's a pretty good bet. Well, I am sorry to disappoint you, senor, but as you see, there are no supplies here. Look around you. I have nothing to hide. No? Uh, it is my fate, senor. Whenever a crime is committed in Sicily, I am immediately accused. I suppose I should feel flattered. It has often occurred to me that the police must find me very convenient. How so? It would be most embarrassing for them if I were captured then they would have no one to blame for all their unsolved crimes. Well, I'm sorry you made this trip for nothing, senor. Well, if you've got nothing to hide, how come you went to so much trouble to capture me? I was told you wanted to see Lorenzo, so I thought I would make it easy. You were very rough with my men, senor. But uh, no matter. We will be friends. And you will go back to America and tell everyone what a gracious host is Lorenzo. Oh, huh? you want a press agent, huh? <laughs> hey, wait a minute. That girl coming up the trail. She looks awfully familiar. Oh, her name is Carlotta. Yeah, yeah, now I recognize her. She works at Emilio Donati's bar. Si. Everything's starting to add up. I am afraid Carlotta is not very happy with me at present. No? She has been very useful to me in the past, but she is so uh, possessive. She is very upset to learn that there had been another woman here. There, you see how she sulks? I believe she thinks that she is punishing me. Ah, Carlotta, my dear. Speak to me, Lorenzo. Do not speak to me. You climbed up here to tell me that. I am true with you. You have not been true to me. Oh, you are not very flattering, my dear. Of course I have not been true to you. That would be to deprive others. Oh, you good for nothing, <laughs> you. I think I'd better leave you here to take out your temper on the American. I have other affairs to look after. Beast. I lie for him. I steal for him. Uh, maybe you ought to pick your friends a little more carefully. So, you're the one that put the bee on me at Donati's, huh? You had Lorenzo send that phony guide to my room. Treat me this way after all I do for him. Oh, the beast. I do not think you would treat me that way. Huh? I think if you were my friend, you would treat me nice. Now, look. Would you like to be Carlotta's friend? It's okay with me if you're trying to make Lorenzo jealous, but use somebody else. They cut it out. No, no. Kiss me. Hey. You like it? Well, under other circumstances, maybe. Right now, no. You should not have done that, Carlotta. Lorenzo, Perhaps look. that will show you you cannot treat me as you have. 
If you do not want me, there are others who do. Uh, you are such a child, Carlotta. I am afraid this presents a problem. Look, there's no problem. I've got no interest in Carlotta, believe me. Oh, I'm aware of that. But some of my men there below may have seen her kiss you, senor, and that is the problem. I must not allow anything to shake their confidence in me. The appearance is everything. No, it is not Carlotta I am thinking about. She is nothing. Dodge that you should talk about me like that. What if I were to tell the American about... Shut up, Carlotta. Wait a minute. What did you say, Carlotta? Then you would wish you had not treated me that way. I told you to keep your mouth shut. I will tell. Carlotta! On the other side of the mountain is a cave. Lorenzo has hidden the relief shipments there. Well, Lorenzo. So you've got nothing to hide. Now, indeed, I have no choice, senor. Carlotta, give me your scarf. You're going to fight with the knives over me. Fool! To think it is you I am considering. Hey, look, how let's consider me for a minute. I did not intend to kill you, senor, but as you see, now I must. Here, take this knife. Now, wait a minute. Put the end of this scarf between your teeth. Huh? There, as I do the other end. Oh, so, now we circle slowly. Hey, look, let's call this foolishness, will you? Do not hold the knife that way. Huh? Use the underhand grip. Do you know nothing at all about knife fighting? As much as I want to know. Now, for the last time. I am sorry. Defend yourself. Okay, you ask for it. <laughs> you twist the knife from my hand. Yeah. You may know knife fighting, but you're pretty sad on judo. Oh, Lorenzo! You've killed Lorenzo! Just a rabbit punch, lady. Won't even leave a scar. So long. Dog, dog! Oh, God. Carissimo. Oh. He has killed you. Oh, Lorenzo. Lorenzo! Will you stop that silly babbling? Lorenzo! You are all right. See? Except the back of my neck. I will tell your men to go after him. No, this is a personal matter. They might find it hard to understand how the American escaped from me. I will go after him alone. I will go with you. You will wait here, Carlotta. I will attend to you when I return. Lorenzo. I may be gone until dark, because if I do not find the American, then there is someone in Messina I must talk to. Now get me my horse. Wind is shot. Maybe it's the altitude. Hey, the horse ahead of me somewhere. I better play it safe. Hey, Donati! What? Over here, Emilio. Steve, Steve Mitchell, you are safe. Yeah. I sent the guide to your room the first thing this morning. He said you were gone. Yeah, one of Lorenzo's men got there first. Your waiter, Carlotta, tipped them off about me. Carlotta? Yeah. Think that horse of yours can carry both of us? Ma, Lorenzo's men, they will be after you. Yeah, yeah, that's a good reason for not hanging around here any longer. All right, come, I, I'll help you up in it. Wait, listen, my horse is coming. Come on, get your horse into the brush here. Yeah. Cover up his nose so he won't whinny. Steve, huh? it's Lorenzo, he's alone. Yeah, heading towards Messina, too. Look, I have a gun, we can capture him. No, no, not yet, Neil. Come on. We'll give him the lead, then follow him into Messina. It's possible he's got more on his mind than just finding me. If so, I want to know what it is. Lorenzo. Your arch. Why, you, you fool, coming here to the foundation office. My secretary will be back any minute. The American escaped. Well, how could he? We will not go into that. Oh, you stupid fool. You've ruined everything. Mitchell must know all about the stolen shipments now. See, he knows I stole them, but he does not know that you are involved, Archer. He might as well. We're through now, Lorenzo. Through. And all because of your stupidity. Do not talk that way to me, Archer. I planned it so well. Even when Paul Wainwright became suspicious, I fired him. Then I had his mouth shut permanently. And now you ruined it, you blundering half-breed. You keep your mouth shut. This will help you. So I'll kill you. This gun is quicker than your knife. Well, Lorenzo and Archer, the gold dust twins. Mitchell. Very neat. So you two did work it together, huh? You're, you're wrong, Mitchell. I, I've just captured a notorious bandit. Huh? Why, you lying dog. It was you who arranged me. Get, hey. get back, get back, Mitchell. Give me that. That gun's safer with me, Archer. You can... You've got nothing on me. You mean because Lorenzo can't talk? If you 
want to put it that way? There's one witness you overlooked, Archer. Oh, not her. Yeah. When she finds out you killed Lorenzo, she'll sing plenty, and it's a song you're not going to like. Well, did you send your report to the commissioner, Steve? Yeah, I called him. He said the Throp Foundation had sent a new man over to head up the office here. Well, and now you can relax for a few days. We, we're going to eat and drink and have a good time. You will have such a food as you never tasted. Scalopini, escarole, a peach. I, I, peach I, 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 that I, melts in your that, mouth. That sounds fine, Emilio, but I, I think I'll be heading back to the States. But what's the hurry? Well, someone back there is keeping some fried chicken on ice for me. Well, it would... Uh, Fried chicken? Yeah. It's got to be eaten on a boat, too. Steve, I don't understand. What's so special about the eating of fried chicken on a boat? Well, you see, she's uh, not the chicken. That is, I... Oh, well, just take my word for it, huh? So long, Emilio. just heard the first in an exciting new adventure series, Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy and written by Bob Wright. This program was directed by Bill Karn with music by Bruce Ashley. Be with us again next week at this same time when Brian Donlevy, as Steve Mitchell, embarks on another Dangerous Assignment. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Stay tuned for The Red Skelton Show next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for that rubber-faced clown, Red Skelton, to display his ability to create another crazy character. Well, tonight's episode is entitled, Junior and the Milkman. Jello Puddings present... Henry! Henry Albright! Coming, Mother! The Aldridge Family, based on characters originated by Clifford Goldsmith and starring Ezra Stone as Henry with Jackie Kelk as Homer. Brought to you by Jell-O Pudding. Just a taste of Jell-O Puddings and believe me, you will know they are made by famous J-E-L-L-O. Yes, Jell-O Puddings, those old-time, all-time favorites you've always known and loved. All three so rich and distinctive so creamy smooth with an old-fashioned homemade goodness. There's Jell-O chocolate pudding, rich, dark, and luscious. There's buttery brown sugar butterscotch and creamy rich vanilla, a trio of treats. They're made with milk and nourishing. They cook to perfection in just about five minutes. And all three Jell-O puddings are so gloriously good, you'll say you never tasted anything better. <laughs> There's something about a teenage boy that makes all of us laugh, remember, and live again the days of our youth. And if he's a typical teenager like Henry Aldrich, it's always a pleasure to join him in the joys and misadventures that were ours when we were young. It's evening. The scene is the Aldrich living room. Father, may I just point out one thing? What? It's only seven fifty. And do you realize how much a new suit of clothes would cost? You want a new suit of clothes? No, sir. I'd rather have a school ring. Henry, for the last time, I'm not buying you a school ring. Now, I'd like to read my paper. But, Father, everybody in school is getting one. All the kids I know just went home and asked for money, and their father said, Sure, gee whiz, you're welcome to it, and just forked over. I see. But I appreciate your being economical, Father. Gee, if you didn't pinch pennies around here, you wouldn't have any bank account at all. Well, I'm glad you realize that. You've filled up quite a nice bank account that way, haven't you, Father? I have. So you really wouldn't miss seven fifty, would you? <laughs> Henry, if you think I'm going to hand over seven fifty for a ring that you'll wind up giving to some girl... Father, whatever gave you an idea like that? Gee, the rings are solid gold with our school crest on them in two colors. Why would I give a thing like that to a girl? I don't know, son, but we all do. You mean you once gave a ring to a girl? <laughs> Henry, I'm trying to read my paper. Oh. 
But, Father, I haven't told you why I really need it. You haven't? You see, the teachers all feel that we need something to keep up our morale. Just imagine you're sitting in history class, see, and you're bored stiff, and you just happen to glance down and at your ring, and it's got your good old school crest on it. And, boy, you want to stand up and cheer. That's very interesting. Go on. And then you think of how much Central High means to you. And it all comes back that you're there to get an education. Yes. So you pile into your history like a ton of bricks and you wind up first in your class. Everybody winds up first? Oh, no, sir. Just me. Oh. So can I please have a school ring? No. Father, have you thought of this? Henry, have you thought of this? If I bought you that ring, you wouldn't have it a week before it would be lost. Lost, Father? Lost? How could I lose it when it's on my finger? What about that fountain pen I bought you last month? You wanted to know how you could lose that when it was clipped to your jacket. Well, I didn't lose that pen, Father. No? I just lost the jacket. <laughs> I see. And I couldn't very well lose my finger. Henry, I'm not going to argue. The point is, until your memory improves, I'm not buying you another thing. Oh, my memory, Father. Is that all that's worrying you? Is that all? Henry, do you realize how important memory is? Sure, Father. And from now on, you're going to see a big change in me. Good. Boy, I'm going to remember every single thing I can lay my mind on. For instance, do you know what year the Battle of Waterloo was fought? What year? I'll go and look it up. <laughs> You wait there, Father, and I'll... Henry, look out. Gee, I'm sorry, Mother. Did I knock you over? Well, not quite. My goodness, Sam, what's he so excited about? Alice, I'm supposed to be a good lawyer, but I'd hate to come up against Henry in court. He does have a way with him, doesn't he? He does indeed. It's about that school ring. Sam, why don't you get it for him? I am going to get it for him for a Christmas present. Oh. But I'm not sure I'll be able to hold out that long. <laughs> May I have the toast, please, Mother? Yes, dear. Some more coffee, Sam? Just half a cup, please. Why isn't Henry down for breakfast? He'll be right down. My, isn't this a lovely morning? Mother, is there anything we can do about Henry this evening? How do you mean, dear? Well, with Joe Graham coming and everything... I don't want Henry coaxing for that ring all through dinner. Joe will think we haven't got a cent. Well, if Joe's interested only in your money, you might as well find it out right now. Oh, Father. Anyway, Mary, about that ring, your father's decided... Uh, Alice. What, dear? Uh, Mary, will you uh, please run out to the kitchen and fry me another egg? All right, Father. Sam, what's the matter? I don't want Mary to know I'm getting Henry that ring. He's sure to let the cat out of the bag. Oh, yes, dear, perhaps you're right. My, I can't wait to see Henry's face on Christmas morning. The only thing is, have you any idea how we can get his finger size? Sam, I thought you were going to measure his finger last night when he was asleep. I did, but something went wrong. What happened, dear? Well, I got the string nicely knotted around his finger, and just as I went to cut it, he rolled over. On the scissors? No, Alice, on the string. His hand disappeared under his chest someplace, and every time I tried to get it, he just giggled. Sam. Huh? Here he comes. Oh. Alice, this is a grand breakfast. Good morning, Mother. Good morning, dear. Good morning, Father. Good morning, Henry. Well, goodbye. Henry, what do you mean, goodbye? What about your breakfast? I don't feel like any breakfast, Mother. Henry, don't be silly. I couldn't eat a bit, Father. Honest, I'm too... I'm not hungry. Hey, Henry. I'm coming, Homer. Henry, you can't go to school without eating. I'll eat an apple on the way. Why, Henry, you're going to eat an apple right in front of me? Come on. <laughs> Boy, you might worry. Well, don't worry about it. If you haven't got two apples, she all understand. Homer, do you remember me saying anything about something my father asked me to do? What? You see the string tied on my finger? Well, I woke up this morning, and there it was, and I can't remember what I tied it on there for. <laughs> well, that's easy, Henry. It was to remind you to do something. Sure it was. But I can't remember what. I can't even remember tying it on. Henry, you're in bad shape. I'll say. I'm right on top of my father lecturing me about my memory. Was it something you had to do for somebody else? Yeah. It must have been something for my father. He's the only one I was talking to last night. Concentrate, Henry. Concentrate. I'll say. Gee whiz, if I can't remember what it is, my father will never buy me that ring. Oh.
your father say anything at dinner about you not doing it? No, Homer, that's the awful part of it. He just looked at me. He did? Well, that's terrible. All through dinner tonight, when he wasn't talking to Joe Graham, he just kept staring at me, at my hands. Your hands? Sure. He's so mad he can't look me straight in the eye. <laughs> I wish I could help you out, Henry. Say, maybe you could. My father's in the living room with Josie. Suppose you go in and ask him if there's anything he'd like you to do. Henry, are you crazy? What if there is? Well, he might ask you to do the thing I'm supposed to remember to do. Then I'll do it. Well, okay, you stay here. Don't act suspicious, though, Homer. I won't. Oh, my work's going just fine, thank you, Mr. Aldrich. Well, I'm glad to hear it, Joe. Oh, Homer. Oh, by the way, Mr. Aldrich, is there any little thing you'd like me to do? No, thank you. You can't think of a thing? <laughs> Not a single thing. That's funny. And now, Homer, I have something I'd like to discuss with Joe here. Sure, Mr. Aldrich. And if you think of anything, I wish you'd let me know. Nice boy. Yes. Now, Joe, here's what I want to ask you. I'm getting Henry a school ring for a Christmas present. I want to make sure I get it before they're all gone. Yes. But here's the catch. It has to be picked up in person at the school, and I don't want Henry or any of his friends to see me down there. They might suspect something. Oh, I understand, Mr. Aldrich. And I wondered, Joe, if you'd mind running over to Central High tomorrow and getting one of those rings for me. Oh, no, sir. I wouldn't mind a bit. Oh, that's fine. Uh, another thing. I'd rather you didn't mention this to Mary. I want to be sure Henry well, doesn't find out, and I, I don't think... know. Oh, don't let me disturb you, Mr. Aldrich. Homer, what are you doing? Wait, I tell you... I just thought I'd straighten this plant a little. Go right on with what you were saying, Mr. Aldrich. Uh, Homer, I don't want to seem rude, but can't you please run along? Sure, Mr. Aldrich. Uh, just as soon as I tie my shoelace. You just forget I'm in the room. How can I do that? Well, I'll tie it real quietly. Well, you just... Homer, will you please leave? Oh, gee whiz, I'd be glad to. Now then, Mr. Oh, uh, wait a minute, Joe. Until we're sure we're alone. Oh, boy. Did you find out, Homer? Did you find out what they were talking about? Boy, Henry, is your father unreasonable? You mean he's mad? I'll say. Well, all I could find out is he's asking Joe to do something for him. He is? Oh, boy, that means he's really mad. Homer, you stay here. I'll get Mary to help me. Mary! I'm in the dining room, Henry, and please don't bother me. I'm trying to get these dishes cleared away. Mary, you, you've got more influence with Joe Graham than I have. Won't you please ask him a simple question for me? What question? Just call him in here and ask him what father's been talking to him about. My goodness, is father talking about me? About you? Henry, he hasn't been showing Joe that photograph album, has he? Why, you... Oh, my goodness, Joe! I'll wait out here in the hall. Did you call me, Mary? Yes, I, uh... I thought you might like to keep me company while I wash the dishes. Well, I guess I could. Uh, the only thing is, your father and I were... were... What, Joe? Nothing. Joe, you started to say something. What were you and father talking about? I'm sorry, Mary. I'd like to tell you, but I can't. You mean it's a surprise? No, that's what it is. Why, Joe, isn't that sweet? I just love surprising. What's that? Oh, Joe. Uh, yes, Mr. Aldrich. Uh, one more thing about that ring, about getting the size. Oh, Mary. Father, did you say... Did you say... Mary, just forget what I said. Of course, Father, I didn't hear a thing. <laughs> Joe, could you come back into the living room a minute? Yes, Joe, you just go on. And my goodness, you talk as long as you want about... About... Thanks, Mary. Uh, what were you going to say, Mr. Aldrich? Wait until I close the door. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness, an engagement ring. Mother! Yes, dear? Mother, come here. You have all the plates stacked. Mother, I'm so happy I could die. I can hardly believe it. Believe what? My goodness, after all these years, I thought it was never going to happen. Dear, what on earth are you talking Mary, no. Mother, yes. What? To Joe Graham. He's in there right now talking to Father. Mary. Mary, my little girl. Mother, are you talking? Of course not, dear. Mary, I want you to know how happy I am for you. Now I think I'd like to go and get something out of my eye. Come right back, Mother. We'll have to start planning everything. I don't know how I'll be able to stand this house without you.
that I don't appreciate your help. It's no trouble at all, dear. But don't you think we're rushing things a little? He hasn't even asked me yet. I know, dear, but since you'll be buying a house eventually, you should get an idea of the market so Joe will know what you're talking about. Well, I guess it can't do any harm to look. Here we are, dear. Go ahead. Thank you, Mother. Oh, my, look at the lovely picture. Oh, I like that stone house up there. Uh, yes, ladies, may I help you? Uh, this is the Crawford Real Estate Office, isn't it? Yes, indeed, I'm Mr. Crawford. How do you do? We were wondering what you had in the way of houses. Well, now... Just wait. a small house for two people. Oh, about five rooms? Well, let's see. Uh, may I have your name, please? Mrs. Uh, that is Miss... Mother, what do I tell him? Uh, I'm Mrs. Samuel Aldrich, and this is my daughter, Mary. Aldrich. Very well. Oh, say, I think I have just the thing for you. It's a little Cape Cod, stone and clabbered, and it's a beauty. Oh, goodness, it sounds perfectly wonderful. Uh, just a moment, Mary, I'll do the talking. Uh, Mr. Crawford, it sounds as though it might be satisfactory. Uh, uh, how about the price? Oh, it's dirt cheap, Mrs. Aldrich. They're giving it away for 17000 $17,000? Mr. Crawford, that's ridiculous. Come along, Mary. Mrs. Aldrich, you haven't even seen the house. Thank you very much for your trouble, but please forget the whole thing. But wait, you... We were really just looking anyway, Mr. Crawford. He hasn't even asked me yet. I'm glad you dropped into the office, Will. I can't seem to keep my mind on work somehow. I can understand that. It'll take a while to get used to it. Mary seems so young, I just can't picture her getting married. Boy, that wedding will set you back something. Well, I don't mind that so much. I've been watching the pennies for a while, Will. I've managed to build up a nice little bank account. Yeah? Besides, I'm sure Mary will be sensible about it. I wouldn't count on it. They all want a big splash. Oh, I don't know, Will. Well, that's one consolation about Homer. When he gets married, someone else can worry about the bills. Oh, excuse me. Hello? Hello, is that Mr. Samuel Aldridge? Yes. Uh, this is Mr. Crawford. Who? Mr. Crawford, from the real estate office. Yes? I thought perhaps I'd better talk this thing over with you. What thing? About the house. Your wife apparently isn't aware that prices have gone up, and if you want a house... I don't want a house. I've got a house. But, Mr. Aldrich, your wife was in my office only yesterday. She was definitely interested in looking at a small house with about five rooms. What? And I found a little jewel for only 12000 Uh, look, Mr. Crawford, suppose I get in touch with you. You'll do that? Yes, one way or the other. All right, sir. Well, Sam, what's happened? Is it bad news? Alice is out looking at houses. What for? Well, she's been saying she didn't think she could stand our old house without Mary, but I didn't think she meant it literally. Well, you just said you have a nice bank account. Not that nice. the troubles of Henry Aldrich. Hoping to get a school ring, Henry is desperately trying to remember something his father asked him to do. Mr. Aldrich, however, has already sent Joe Graham down to the school to get the ring as a Christmas present for Henry. And Mary believes Joe is buying her an engagement ring. It's the next day, and the scene opens in the Aldrich backyard. Backyard, Homer. Where'd you disappear to? I've been around in front, resting on the porch. Resting? Sure. Don't you think I get tired watching you do all this work? <laughs> well, then you better go away again, Homer, because I'm going to finish beating these rugs. If you ask me, Henry, you're going to kill yourself doing all this work. But don't you get it, Homer? If I do all the things my parents usually ask me to do, I'm sure to do it. Do what? See, was the thing I can't remember to do. Stand back. But, Henry, I've got some news for you. Something I just found out from Willie. What? Well, you know how Willie's in charge of selling school rings? Yeah. Well, your father just bought one for Joe Graham. Homer, you're crazy. I am not. Joe went down to the school today and got a ring, and he gave Willie a check from your father. He did? Well, well, gee, what's wrong with that? Joe used to go to Central High, didn't he? Well, sure. Well, um... gee, that... That's only natural. Joe's going to be a part of the family. My father has a perfect right to buy him a school ring. Instead of buying one for you? Sure. It isn't every day a family gets a new son. 
Gee, do you suppose Joe will be moving into your room? You think so? Well, he's certainly welcome to it. Look, Ken, there's lots of room over at my house. No, thank you, Homer. I wouldn't think of forcing myself on anybody. Henry, where are you going? Don't worry about me, Homer. I'll, I'll be all right. Boy. Boy, am I mad. Where's that carpet beater? Yes, sir. May I show you something in snow shovels? Uh, no, thank you. I was wondering if you carried pear trees. Oh, yes, indeed. The Emporium carries everything. And if we don't, we can get it for you. Oh, well, that's fine. Uh, can you send six pear trees up to my home right away? Right away? Uh, yes, my wife's been wanting some for years. Oh, but this is December. Well, I thought this was as good a time as any to get them in. They'll keep until spring if I cover them over with earth. They will? Oh, of course they will. Although you know that pear trees are quite expensive. They cost considerably less than $12,000. Oh, yes, uh, considerably. Oh, and do you have paint in this department? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, how much would you like? Uh, enough to paint a house. Uh, what kind of a house? Well, it's quite a large one and very comfortable. As a matter of fact, I'm very attached to it. Oh, is that so? Oh, say, I just thought of something else she's been wanting. Yes? I'll be back in a minute. Oh, first, could you direct me to the rug department? <laughs> As soon as I can, Homer, I'm going to send back this suitcase to my father. Will you hand me that pile of socks on the dresser, please? Oh, I have. Never mind. I'll get them. Never mind. Here they are. Thank you. One of them needs mending. Huh? I'll just throw in a needle and some thread. Might as well get used to doing my own mending. Henry, why run away now? Why not at least wait till after Christmas? No, Homer. My mind's made up. I'm leaving just as soon as I have dinner. Henry, have you any idea how tough it is on the road? I won't be begging, Homer. I'll be working my way. Working? What at? I'll find something. At least I have an education. Yeah, but... And I'm not a child, you know. Your suitcase is getting pretty full. That's what I was thinking. I guess I'll have to throw out my rock collection. <laughs> Throwing your rocks away? Hope you don't think I'm going to leave them around for Joe Graham. Henry, did I tell you I'm pretty interested in rocks? You are? Well, that is, if you're running away. In that case, Homer, here. They're yours. Gee, Henry, you're giving them to me? Gee, you shouldn't. Nothing of it. Can you reach up on the wall there, please, Homer, and hand me Kathleen's picture? Look at her, Henry. Look at her smiling at you. Just hand it to me, Homer. Look what she's written on it. To Henry, yours truly, Kathleen Anderson. <laughs> Just think of how she's going to feel. Think of the spring prom, Henry. Now listen, Homer. Is that our doorbell? Sure. Why should you worry about it? I guess I'll answer it, though. It's the least I can do for my family on my last night. Can I start taking my rocks out of your suitcase? Sure. Help yourself. Oh, hi, Henry. Gee whiz, Joe, I haven't even left yet. I beg your pardon? Well, come on in. Thanks. And I just want to say, Joe, no hard feelings. About what? You know, everything. Oh. Well, no hard feelings here either. Naturally. Is your father around? I think I heard him come in a little while ago. Joe Graham? That you? Hello, Mr. Aldrich. Well, well, it's nice to see you. I'll just go on back upstairs. Here, let me take your coat, Joe. Oh, thank you, sir. Mr. Aldrich, I, uh, I thought I'd drop over with Henry's ring. Oh, good. Thank you. I guess you'll be buying one or two more before long, eh? What's that? I suppose we go into the living room and have a little chat. All right. Well, well, sit down, son. Thank you, sir. Well... Well, well, Joe. Yes, Mr. Aldrich? Oh, just call me. Well, no, there's no point in rushing things, I guess. No, no, there isn't. Rushing what, sir? 
Let me put it this way. Mary's a fine girl, Joe. A fine girl. Oh, yes, I like her very much. Naturally. Well, I guess I'll be running along now. Oh, nonsense, Joe. We'll be having dinner in a few minutes. You're just in time. But I was here for dinner two nights ago. Oh, well, things are a little different now. Aren't they, son? They are? <laughs> now, let me give you a word of advice, Joe. You and Mary will get along fine as long as you remember a few simple rules. Well, we get along all right. Yes, but wait until you see how she irons your shirts. What's that? It runs in the family, Joe. They just can't iron shirts. Now, you take my advice and send them out to the laundry. But my mother irons my shirts. Oh, and that's another thing. Don't ever mention your mother. No? Your mother can't do a thing. Remember that. She can't cook. She can't mend. And above all, she can't keep house. Mr. Aldrich, my mother's a fine woman. Well, yes, Joe, and so is mine. But you'll have to choose between them. I will? Uh-huh. <laughs> and that about covers it. Oh. But I'd just like to say, Joe, I'm not losing a daughter. Mother! Uh, yes, Mary? Mother says dinner is almost... Oh. Hello, Mary. Why, why, Joe. Hello, Joe. My goodness. Yes, Mary? Joe, I want you to know that I'm starting cooking school on Monday. And I'm also very good at darning socks. You are? Yes, indeed. You'll never have to worry about your socks in the future. You mean Mary's going to darn them? Of course, Joe. But my goodness, here I am doing all the talking. Oh, before you forget, Joe, uh, where's the ring? Huh? Oh, here it is, Mr. Oldridge. Oh, thank you, Joe. I really didn't want you to know about it, Mary, but now that you and Joe... Well, it's a Christmas present for Henry. Don't you think he'll like it? A school ring? Joe, is that what you and Father were talking about the other night? Why, sure. Oh. Oh, my goodness. Is something wrong, Mary? Oh, I thought I heard you in here. Oh, good evening, Mrs. Aldrich. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. And isn't it nice having... Joe, come on. Where? Anywhere. Just come on. Mary, have you been saying anything about my mother? (laughs) Alice, does it strike you Mary's acting very strangely? I hadn't noticed. What I'm wondering about is that phone call. What phone call? From the Emporium. A man phoned a while ago and asked if I wanted the rugs delivered tomorrow. Oh, uh, Alice, I've been meaning to speak to you about that. I ordered those new rugs you've been wanting for the living room in front hall. You what? Also six pear trees and enough paint to do the whole house inside and out. Sam. And I thought we might redecorate the upstairs the way you wanted. Sam, you darling. You're pleased, Alice. Pleased? I've never been so surprised and happy in my whole life. You mean you'll reconsider about the new house? What new house? Why, the one you've been looking at. Dear, I never wanted a new house. What? Well, now, look. And excuse me, I want to call the Emporium and tell them to send those rugs. Alice, wait. Oh, I'm sorry, Henry. Did I knock you over? Not entirely. Listen, Father, I, I started thinking about the spring prom and a few things, and then I smelled the stew Mother's cooking for supper, and... I'd like to make you a proposition, Father. A proposition? Yes, sir. From today on, I'll polish the car twice a week, and I'll get up at 6 o'clock every morning to stoke the furnace. You'll what? And besides, I'll shovel all the walks and carry out the ashes. What would you think of that? I'd think I was dreaming. Well, it's a deal, Father. Shake. Shake? Shake. And, uh, Henry, while this was supposed to be a Christmas present... Under the circumstances, I think I'd like you to have it now. Father, my school rang. You like it, son? Like it? Boy! And, Father, I finally remembered what you wanted me to do, I think. I wanted you to do something? Sure, you wanted me to burn that pile of bushes in the backyard. What? And it's all taken care of. Henry, my pear tree! Does anybody know where Mary is? Father, are you in the living room? Yes, Henry, I'm writing out checks. I've got the car polished, Father. Oh, boy, does does my back ache. There, that's the last one. Now, could you tell me where Mary is? I don't know where she is. Why? Well, Joe Graham just dropped off this bundle of old socks. What's that? He said Mary would take care of them. Just a taste of jello puddings, and believe me, you will know. They are made by famous... J-E-L-L-O. 
Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Dragnet, followed by Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis. Thanks to Paul Stringer and Joel Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.